Welcome to Doing CX Right, a podcast where we discuss how to differentiate brands by doing customer experience right. I'm your host, Stacey Sherman, an author, award-winning keynote speaker, and mentor passionate to help you humanize business and improve experiences to achieve real results. Welcome to Doing CX Right, a podcast where we discuss how to differentiate brands by doing customer experience right. I'm your host, Stacey Sherman, an author, award-winning keynote speaker, and mentor passionate to help you humanize business and improve experiences to achieve real results. Today's episode is near and dear to my heart because we're talking about communication, which is so important to building relationships. When I think back to all the surveys that I've read by customers and social media comments and rating and review sites, the number one reason customers leave brands is because of lack of communication and transparency. I want to see you doing communication right. And so I'm bringing you my guest today, Ethan Butte, who is the author of Rehumanizing Business and an expert at improving communications not in traditional ways, you might think. In the spirit of inspiring and helping you succeed, I'm excited for you to hear this episode. And if you enjoy it, please share with others and subscribe so you get notified of future updates. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome, Ethan. Hello, Ethan Butte. I'm so happy you are here today. I'm so happy to be here. I love talking with you. I appreciate the invite and I'm looking forward to it. So let's have some fun. Tell me and the audience, who are you? What do you do professionally? Um, My name is Ethan Butte. I have been at the same company for a decade, which is incredible. Uh, I've been at BombBomb for 10 years now. Uh, Initially as the first and only marketing guy. Then we started to build the team out. That was a VP marketing uh, phase where we developed a lot of the systems and the processes, built the team out. And then I had a kind of a transformative experience uh, a couple of years ago that landed me in the title and position of chief evangelist. So my current title is chief evangelist at BombBomb. All along the way, um, I've been learning, teaching, practicing, sharing this philosophy of being more personal and human in our digital communication every day. And I've done it through you know, I had to write a bunch of blog posts. I was talking with customers all the time. Like, who is like when I joined BombBomb, it's a very small, very young company, maybe a couple hundred customers. And now we're at about 70,000. So it's been an interesting journey for a bootstrap company. But specifically, early on, who's finding us? How did they find us? How are they using these video messages? What's working? What isn't working? Why do they keep subscribing? And, and all these things, like just to understanding the essence of what was going on here, I got to be on the forefront of really developing and advancing and practicing uh, this thing. And it's resulted in writing a couple of books. Um, Now I host a podcast, which is more on customer experience than it is specifically about video, but it's hard to talk about employee experience or customer experience without talking about the opportunity that video messages represent. So that's what I've been doing. I love it. Uh, I believe in it. I think that pretty much everyone working in a professional capacity could benefit from mixing some video messages in in place of what's otherwise plain typed out text and emails, social messages, text messages, et cetera. And so I'm getting in front of people in a variety of different ways to learn and to teach how to do this better and more often and more effectively. I love it. So 
The reason why I was drawn to you from from a couple of years ago is all around humanizing, and now you call it rehumanizing business and communication. I know from working in many different companies like you that communication is the number one opportunity in our control to improve experiences for employees and customers. Tell me, what does rehumanizing business mean? Because you talk a lot about that. Yeah, I love the way that you described communication as this, uh, as the opportunity that it really is. I think that's so true. The reason we landed with this language of rehumanizing business, um, which is the title of our first book, Rehumanize Your Business, How Personal Videos Accelerate Sales and Improve Customer Experience, we ended up with rehumanize because it's a callback to the way that business was done for millennia. When we think back at like what a market was and what a marketplace was, it was alive. It was sights, sounds, smells, transparency, accountability. If someone was selling, I don't know, let's just say peaches in one stall and someone else was doing the same thing three stalls down, you could compare the product and talk to the vendor. And it was just like, it was just alive. It was a very, very human experience. And so, you know, onset of industrial revolution, you know, we start mechanizing a lot of this stuff. Markets take on some of those mechanized principles. We wind up dehumanizing both employees and customers through some of the systems and processes to work super efficiently and with economies of scale and all of this. And what? And then, flash forward to 30 years ago, let's say, the onset of a lot of digital communication, which then further removed the messenger from the message, which is to say people are not present in most of our digital communication. It's just the same black text on the same white screen, maybe in a different shaped box. And so when you look at those three layers and you look at where we are today, despite the fact that we all have internet connected devices that have super nice cameras in them, we're still allowing ourselves to be stripped from our messages. And so we see this opportunity of using some simple, casual, conversational video messages in place of some of the what would otherwise be typed out text as a return to the way business used to be done, human to human, eye to eye, face to face, but with all the efficiency that digital communication affords us. Um, and so it's just a return to winning on who we are building trust, rapport, and relationship in a more complete way, making our messages easier to understand, more emotionally infused, which we can get into more detail on that because I know com communication might be a theme here, but that's what we mean by rehumanize. It's a call back to how this was. And there's so many reasons that it kind of like broke apart and we started to normalize things that aren't good for people. And so we're trying to restore some of that. I love it. And I especially love the idea of using video as our communication channel because I know people don't read. They're, they get so many emails, they get so many messages and a one minute video that people send me and I've been using to convey a thought or a question First of all, you really get the emotion. You get the body language. You get so much out of it that, a, that an email doesn't provide. So I imagine you hear that a lot. Yes, absolutely. So there are, there are a couple layers there, and then I'll give it back to you um, to, to redirect. First, the intent behind our message is what keep, people care about most. 
the intent. And that's captured in some of the things that you said. It's captured in the tone. It's captured in the facial expression. You know, we've all seen that that press conference with, let's say, the celebrity or the athlete or the politician making this public apology for something that went wrong. And we know which ones mean it and which ones don't. Which ones are actually sincerely apologetic and they're not going to make that error again and which ones are just following the advice of their lawyers. And they're just hollow, empty words. And so that's a that's kind of a negative example, but, uh, well, I guess positive to the person who is sincere. That All that's to say, there's so much meaning in how we say something, not just what we say. In addition, some of the research we used in our first book, Rehumanize, humans don't even assign written text to a human writer. It's read in this kind of colder, more anonymous way. And unless you really, really know the person and you recognize their name from the email address and the signature, or it's maybe a family member or a friend, you might start to read it a little bit in, in their voice. But certainly when we're communicating with people we don't know or people we don't know well, there's not even a human really associated with the words. And so that becomes this highly intellectual exercise of trying to capture what we feel and what we know and what we think and what we're trying to say. How many times have we thought that? Uh, here's what I'm, tr- what I was trying to say was, right? It's getting intellectual and getting into our heads and going to the keyboard to try to capture the spirit or the intent or the motivation behind the message And of course, that's a highly developed skill. Most of us aren't very good at it as we try to structure words and phrases and sentences and paragraphs to capture that. And then on the other end, someone has to make the time and decode it and do their best to operate in this kind of non-human manner. Again, we've had millennia, millennia, hundreds of thousands of years of human training communicating eye to eye, face to face, and reading and writing emotions and expressions from our faces and our bodies. We all do it naturally and we all do it the same way across societies and across cultures. And yet here we are entrusting some of our most most important and valuable messages to a form of communication that doesn't leverage any of that. And so this is a slight restoration and um, and it, it, it's a, just a much richer piece of communication. And then there are a number of other, other benefits, like people feel like they know you before they meet you. And as we were getting ready to record the conversation here, you're like, because I sent you a video earlier this morning. You're like, I feel like I already spent some time with you today. Like, that's a thing. That's a real thing that brings joy to our lives. It draws us closer. You and I have never met. We're thousands of miles apart, or at least 1,500 or 1,600, something like that. And and we'll meet one day, but in the meantime, we can feel like we know each other and have these little moments as we send videos back and forth. And so when we start thinking about distributed customers, distributed prospects, even distributed teams, how do we close that distance down? And I think there's a place for video messages in there, not just live Zoom calls. I want to reiterate little moments. That is so, I want to say it again, little moments. Those are what, that's what customer experience is about. It's those little wow moments across an entire customer journey. When they're learning about a brand, when they're buying, when they're getting help, when they're setting up, all those micro moments matter. And so it's not just about video. That's a way to generate and elicit emotion and positive emotion. But yes, that is a powerful statement. And I want to also highlight that we are human, obviously, and humans make mistakes. One of the ways that I believe companies every company, because employees do make mistakes and leaders need to empower their people, 
that it's okay and how you react to it. And using video, I've done some testing of this, using video to send a message to say, I wanna let you know this happened. I'm on it. I apologize. It becomes the customer's still frustrated or mad, but then more forgiving. That is so the power of video that you don't get in a written text. Agree? Absolutely. I think um, it, it, in using, using videos, obviously, truly personal videos are the best. This is one where you greet someone by name, speak very specifically to their instance, their circumstance, the question they asked, where they are maybe on the buying journey or where they are as a new customer, et cetera. You can also even use, you know, record it once and use it over and over again as specifically appropriate. We call those evergreen videos. Using video, both of those types of videos along the way to help people and be of service buys you some of that patience and grace in advance. They're positive deposits so that when you do make the mistake, um, they're more forgiving immediately. But to specifically to kind of the way you set that up, this happened to me yesterday. We had an I'm, I'm on an email distribution list. There are only two of us on it. If you email book at bombbomb.com, it goes to me and to another team member. And apparently that address had been flooded with spam. And so Google, we use G Suite or Google Business or whatever. Um, and at the point of distribution, it, it added this new filtering layer and was on high alert because of a lot of inbound stuff, with, which meant that important messages weren't getting through. And so people were emailing book at BombBomb to get some bonuses for pre-ordering this book. And they weren't getting them. And so one of them reached out uh, on a webinar that I was on yesterday and said, hey, dude, I emailed you like three times. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I haven't seen him. He sent me a video showing them in his sent folder. So we figured it out with IT. We took the filter off. Now I'm going to get more spam directed to me, but I don't care. But I sent him a video back, thanked him for alerting me because what happened when we released that floodgate was I had other people who had emailed me two weeks ago saying, hey, I bought the book. Where are my bonuses? And... I sent all of them personal videos. And so uh, some of the replies were like, you know, stuff happens. Hey, no problem. Hey, thanks for the personal follow-up. You know, no problem at all. It's, it's this thing where they're sitting, so now I'm gonna broaden it out. Customers are wondering, we set expectations. In this case, the expectation was, you pre-order one or more copies of this book, send in the receipt, um, and we'll give you immediate access to some live events, to recordings of the interviews that that inform the book, et cetera, et cetera. Immediate access. We set the expectation that you would get this right away if you followed the steps. Someone follows the steps and we failed their expectations. So now they're confused, they're wondering, they're frustrated. They're, maybe they're starting to develop some anger perhaps. It's certainly because I put my face and name on all of these things, as a lot of people are doing increasingly, and certainly anyone using video, you're putting your face and name on things that matters. Um, not that I would have any less amount of attention or accountability around these things, but it certainly adds that layer um, because it's not just your email address on this. It's your face. It's your person. It's who you are. And so I feel terrible for these people. And when you reach out personally, let them know that in a sincere way, the bank fills back up. And people appreciate it because you're meeting them where they are. You're resetting expectations. You're giving them clarity on what happened and why and what's going to happen better going forward. And that's all anyone can really ask for. And so anyway, it just triggered a story. Sorry if that went on a little bit. But it's it the nature of the responses I got, even though I was the one who messed up. I mean, because we have to take, by the way, that's another lesson here for anyone in customer experience or employee experience. And I'm sure it's come up in previous conversations. You are responsible for the whole tech stack. 
right? Like if there's an error three layers before you somewhere in the data set or the technology stack, that's still your responsibility. I have to take responsibility for over-aggressive filtering before something hits my inbox. It's just, you have to take responsibility for all this stuff. And so it was my personal failure to them. And when you own it, people are forgiving, especially when you mean it and you communicate it in a way that they can see and feel that you mean it. So another use case that I believe is also part of customer experience management and communication is essential to drive that satisfaction. And that comes in service industries as an example, where I've had mechanics, technicians, all different service roles have to fix something, fix whatever that product is. Let's talk about a car. So the mechanic fixes the car. When I got a video that showed exactly what he did and showed me it, I got trust. It built my trust and customer experience, employee experience, human experience is about trust. So I imagine you also hear that a lot, how video and showing and telling builds that trust. I love it. I mean, it makes me think about the the restaurants and the auto repair shops and I guess for entertainment value, some car washes where you have this view into the factory right? Like where the work is being done, you can see into it. But still, you think about it, there's so many services that we pay for that are fundamentally like black boxes. We don't know what goes on in there. You hope that they're going to deliver on time. You don't know what's really going on, et cetera. It it reminds me of a a longtime customer of ours here at BombBomb who uh, does roofing and siding. And he would go up on people's roofs because they're you know, like, that's not a project that you typically stay home for. Like if someone's going to come check out your water heater, you'll probably... To if you if you are or were working in an office, you know, you might work at home that day, you know, because you need to let the person in and out and it's an inside your house. No one stays home to pay attention to the roof project. They just come and just, thanks, see ya. And they get down their ladders and do their thing. He would go up on people's roofs and just do like simple mobile videos explaining what's going on, how it's going, if they found something interesting, you know, like there might be something problematic around the chimney that they didn't anticipate. And there are two choices on how to proceed. And you can kind of walk and talk them through that and invite them into the process or at a minimum, just proof of performance. You know, like, you know, whether your your mechanic was saying, hey, here's what we're seeing. Here's why we think that's the case. And there are two routes we can go. Here's one route. Here's the other route. Which route do you want to, here's what I recommend. But, you know, it's up to ultimately up to you. That's one way to play it. The other one is simply proof of performance. Hey, just wanted to let you know we're, you know, your car's up on the rack and we're getting it done. Or, hey, just want to let you know we're up here on your roof. Uh, tear off is going great. You can see the guys. You only turn this around for you. Check it out. Yeah, see, they're tearing it off. Look, we're getting it all of it into the dumpster. There aren't any nails in your lawn, you know, and we'll clean those up if they are. Uh, and so there, yeah, multiple, it's transparency, which creates trust. They're showing me, they're, they're not afraid of what's going on. They're not operating in a black box. They're bringing me into the process. And I feel like um, I understand them better and they're doing what they said they were doing. Um, and so there's an expectation fulfillment piece there kind of in the proof of performance layer. Uh, delivering on the promise. <laughs> That's that's what that is. And yeah. that's what you get to show. And guess what? For everyone listening, here's the, the game changer. When you can show and you do communicate and you build that trust, 
customers are willing to actually pay more. If there's two, two dealers, right? Again, we'll go back to the car. My car's gonna go get fixed. One's going to help me see and know across the journey of their fixing it. And then when I get my bill, I really know what they did. I'm more apt to pay a little more than the place that gave me no information. I bring it in, like you said, this black box. Did they even do the work? Did they do the work? I have no clue. And so I'm going to pay extra for that. It's communication. It's in our control. Yeah. Two more things on that. One, for those of you who don't work in a visual thing like an auto repair shop or a roofing or siding business where there's a very visual thing to show, you can screen record as well. You can show back-end reports. You can show analytics. You can show updates. So it can be you and your face on the screen with what's going on on a screen. You can bring people into the process preemptively. You know, I know a lot of companies that are operating kind of um, upmarket, so to speak, um, not really B2C, but much more B2B, you know, they're doing like quarterly business reviews or some version of that, right? You can keep people updated monthly so that when you get to something like a quarterly business review, they know all the facts and figures and you can do actual fun, creative, strategic, constructive work with that live time together by giving these peeks, I'll just use my old language, peeks into the factory, like peeks behind the curtain to know what's going on along the way. And last, that's the first thing. The second thing is what happens with this type of video is that it gets forwarded and said, hey, look what our rep over at X and and Y company, or in your case, Stacy, you maybe forward it to a family member or a friend that says, check out what my auto repair company does. This is how my people operate. How do your people operate? I've heard this story before too. A financial advisor um, got out of a meeting with prospective clients, sent a recap video of the meeting to these two prospective clients. He noticed on a Friday night that the video got played like 12 or 15 times. And he's like, what the heck is going on? So next time, he talked to the client. He's like, hey, I noticed that video got played a lot. Like, what's going on? Oh, we had a dinner party that night and we were passing the phone around. I was showing them how our new uh, financial advisor communicates with us, right? So the act alone, we're in this window right now. We're in this window where the act alone of sending videos, no matter what they are, whether they're thank you videos, update videos, behind the scenes videos, whatever the case is, because there are use cases across the entire customer lifecycle and the entire employee lifecycle. We're in this window where the act alone of doing this is remarkable in and of itself. The next layer that you can get good at while you have this privilege as you're doing this and getting better and better at it is then the content becomes much more important as we go forward and this becomes more normalized as things get normalized. But you have a window of opportunity right now to blow people's minds, to blow your employees' minds, to blow your recruits' minds, to blow your prospects' minds, to blow your customers' minds by doing something more personal and more human than anyone else is doing and people will forward it. Yes. And well, bomb bomb in particular, and I'm not really about um, highlighting one company over another, but I will just say in this moment, as a user of bomb bomb, that the ability to have the metrics behind the video is powerful. I know that it was shared, and I know how long they watched it, how much they were engaged. So I want people to realize that start with video, get comfortable with your phone, get comfortable with the technology, but then elevate it with the with the measurements. Yeah, because you know who to follow up with and when, you know? You know when you need to just kind of like 
you take that. And so for folks who are listening, you can easily record and send videos. And this is with our a number of our competitors too. They do it differently, but uh, some of them do. Some of them do it similarly. We have a Google Chrome extension so you can record from Chrome, drop it into LinkedIn messages, Slack messages, variety of other places. It activates a tool set inside Gmail. We have integrations with Salesforce, Zendesk, Outreach. Um, we work in a number of Outlook instances. You already kind of referenced the mobile app or maybe I did. Um, so there are a number of places to send these, but there's tracking there too. And so you know, who to follow up with and when. And so when I send out of my Gmail inbox, for example, and I see that the video hasn't been played, I can just hit reply to that and just say, hey, wanted to make sure you had a chance to take a look at this. Or if they've watched it and they haven't replied, and let's say it's a sales type opportunity, I can reply back to that initial message and say, hey, just wondering if you had a chance to take a look at this and to see if you had any questions, right? Now, that's a little bit um, side door because you know that they did watch it, but you're inviting them into a conversation about the contents. And so that insight can be used a variety of different ways to provoke what we, all of us really want in communication, which is a conversation. Conversation, which leads to a relationship. Right. Right? So as we're going to be wrapping up, I want to ask you a last few questions. If I had... I ask this in every episode. If I had a ton of CEOs and leaders in my room right now, what's the one thing you would say to them? Uh, well, just to keep it on theme with this conversation, your employees want to see and hear from you. You do not have the time to get face-to-face -face with all of them nearly as often as you can or should. And so video messages alone, this is the tip. Keep, uh, whether it's digitally or whether I keep it on paper here, I'll show it to you for people who are looking at the video clips. I keep a running list of people that whose names I hear, right? If I'm in an executive meeting, I'm on the executive leadership team here. When I hear a frontline employee's name mentioned in a meeting because there's the, you know, the head of the CS team or the head of the sales team mentioned how, how this person went above and beyond or did something, I will write that person's name down and send a personal video. Like a CEO has so many, or a leader, a leader of any kind has so many opportunities to make people feel seen and heard and appreciated. And honestly, if you time block 10 minutes a day, you can send five or seven of these videos to employees, to customers, to other people in your network. And it could be as simple as thank you, good job, congratulations. A, really fun and healthy habit. B, this is how you make people feel connected to the organization that prevents them from looking at other opportunities for a 10% pay bump, right? Because these people, I, I like these people, these are my people, et cetera. And by the way, CEOs and leaders can be communicating to people in groups as well. Um, our president and co-founder um, sends uh, all team videos every single Friday in Slack and an email. We look forward to it. Their business updates, their pats on the back, their looks into new customer accounts, you know, whatever's going on. And we all kind of stay on the same page that way. So that was more than you asked for. But CEOs and leaders, this is a huge opportunity to keep your team on the same page and to have some, the culture is not yours. You can maybe influence it, but the culture belongs to itself and it belongs to the people. You have a chance to influence it and, and add a voice into it. This is your opportunity to do that kind of at scale. Very well said. I also want to highlight that everyone is a leader. They don't have to have Great point. the title leader in their job description. So I encourage people to really think like a leader, be like a leader, because you are one, you don't need the title. Absolutely. And that's the other weird thing about video, whether it's out on a platform or whether it's in these more private direct channels, 
the perception that people get from people who are comfortable enough in their own skin and confident enough in their own ideas that they can just get on camera and communicate to say a team of people, even if you're just a member of the team, not a uh, air quoting here, leader of the team on paper, you can still create a leadership position simply by communicating in this way and you'll come to be seen that way. It's so interesting. The way humans respond to this type of communication is incredible. Last question. Yes. You ready for it? I have a feeling you had to like duck a couple of them just because I'm a talker. <laughs> all right. So again, I asked this of people and I'm going to make a collection of all the answers because they're so good. If you could go back in time to your younger 20-year-old self, what would you tell young Ethan that you know now that you didn't know then? Um, I would tell myself to pay much more attention to other people and to stay in better contact with other people. I do an okay job of that. But if I had been more intentional about it, really understanding what it was about, I thought it was about the work. I thought it was about the output. And at some level it is, but I completely, especially when I was younger, was so diligent and task-oriented and insufficiently people and relationship-oriented that I feel like I'm trying to make up for some kind of a deficit. I know that my life and career would be much more rich, even richer. I feel incredibly privileged to be doing what I'm doing, to be in conversation with you, Stacey, on shows like this. And like, I'm in a great, great place, but I, I can only imagine how much more rich and full and complete it would be if I had been more diligent about being people and relationship oriented a little bit more, a lot bit earlier. Well, here's the good news. It's never too late. It isn't. <laughs> well, thank you again. Where can the audience find you? Because I know they're going to want to. Please. Um, I welcome direct communication. Again, my name is Ethan Butte. Last name is spelled B-E-U-T-E. -E. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on all the social networks that way, and I welcome connections. You can email me directly, Ethan, E-T-H-A-N, at bombbomb.com. And uh, I mentioned uh, the two books. You can find those at bombbomb.com slash book. They're both kind of on this theme of being more personal, being more human, being more effective in all these digital, virtual, and online channels that we're sometimes stuck in, but they also come with advantages. So it's just a mixed blessing like so many things in our lives. Well, I will add these links in the show notes. So no worries that if you if if Ethan talked too fast and you couldn't write it down, I got your back. Thank you, Ethan, so much for being here. Thank you, Stacy. Take care. Thank you so much for joining today. I hope you will apply the lesson shared and also requesting if you would leave a review on Apple it would mean a lot. Head over to doingcxright.com to learn more ways to connect with me and improve your CX. Until next time, I'm Stacy Sherman, Doing CX Right. <laughs>